Welcome to the FUMS Now podcast show, where you'll gain information, inspiration, and motivation for living your best life with multiple sclerosis. Find us online at FUMSnow.com. Now, here's your host, Kathy Reagan Young. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me again today on the FUMS Now podcast show. I want to thank those of you who've been signing up for my email list and encourage the rest of you to pop over there right now and get signed up. When you do, you'll instantly receive a list of over 40 questions to ask your doctor both the first time you go and every time thereafter. There are other tips on there as well to help remind you of things to bring with you and to mention to your doctor. And bonus, you'll be on the email list, which means you'll receive notices about new podcast episodes that come out or blog posts that I write. And we've got an ongoing feature, the FUMS News Update. So head on over to FUMSnow.com and get signed up. On today's episode, we'll meet Erin Clayton, a fellow MSer who views her diagnosis as a blessing in disguise. What? I know. I'll ask her about that. She was diagnosed eight years ago and since has raised over $200,000 for the National MS Society. She's back in school getting her certified nonprofit professional certification, and I'm sure we'll all be hearing a lot more about her in the future. She's got a ton of energy and a great FUMS attitude. What more do you need? <laughs> Let's meet her. So, so thanks so much for being with us today and sharing your story, Erin. Um, each FUMSer has a unique and interesting story, and yours is certainly no exception. So you were diagnosed at 18, right? Yes, I was. That is young. Uh, How did that diagnosis uh, come about? What were your symptoms and, you know, what docs did you see? What tests? Give me the, give me the scoop on that whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I, um, so the summer before uh, my freshman year of college, I had an episode called uh, acute transverse myelitis. And so um, I started getting weakness and then that turned into, um, complete immobility from the waist down. Oh gosh. And yeah. So, and then doctors told me that when I was in the hospital that I probably only had like about a 33% chance of ever walking again. Um, wow. So, yeah. So that was definitely an interesting experience, but you know, <laughs> I, I came out of it and, um, begin, you know, treatment and rehab and I, and I got better. And then that Christmas between like in my freshman year of college, um, I started feeling sort of the same way and I knew something was not right. So we went and saw um, my neurologist who I had already been seeing and he did some tests. He did an MRI and um, that's where they saw um, several lesions on my brain and spinal cord and that's when they gave me the diagnosis. Oh, gosh. Um, so you did not have, initially when you went in and you know were given the third of a chance of recovery from the um, transverse myelitis, you did not have a diagnosis at that point? I didn't. They actually did a lot of tests. They did a spinal tap. Um, oh, that's a good, did. good, fun one, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. That was just fantastic. <laughs> good times. Um, yeah, that was pretty scarring. But yeah. um, they, they didn't see any signs of MS in the MRI at that time. And, um, you know, so I think when they diagnosed me that Christmas that they, that's probably like right when I started to get the lesion. So I really was able to catch it quick, which I know is unfortunately not the case for a lot of people with MS. So for that reason, I was very fortunate. Right. Um, looking back, did, do you think that you had any symptoms prior that 
you know, you can kind of reflect now and go, hmm, maybe I was showing some signs earlier. You know, I actually, I've, I've often like asked myself that question and kind of reflected back on um, where I was at. And, you know, I was healthy. I had no medical issues. I, I can't even think of one instance that had happened before that, that I, you know, other than the transverse myelitis happening and then, you know, like little things between that and my MS diagnosis, which was like a four month period. Right. I really, I did not have any sort of signs and, and, you know, maybe I did and I just didn't recognize it. Um, sure. and they may have been so mild that I just kind of blew them off as maybe something else, but, um, right. Well, it sounds like you, um, as you said, unlike so many, but you were able to, uh, get that diagnosis pretty quickly and pretty early on in, in your, um, in your disease. Uh, you told me that you kept your diagnosis secret for many years. What made you decide to do that? And what's the reason sort of for your (laughs) coming out for lack of a better term? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've had MS now for over seven years and when I think I was a young and I was at at a time in my life where I was I was in college. I was 18. And I think for me, I kept it. I mean, I, I, I did talk about it with like my close network of people, but mm-hmm. other than that, it just wasn't something I felt like I was prepared to talk about, mm-hmm. um, and be able to like keep myself together. And I also, I, I think I found it in a little bit embarrassing, which just seems silly now to say that, but I think I was kind of naive and I just felt like if I tell people this, they're going to judge me and they're going to make me say something that I'm not prepared to hear. And I think people have good intentions when they, when they say certain things, but, um, I, I just think it was more of like a protective self-protection. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially at that age. Gosh, that's a tough time. So when you sort of came out with it, you said it really freed you. How so? Yeah. You know, I, after I met my husband, he's he, my husband now, but at the time he was, my, you know, my boyfriend, I really, I started to realize that as I'm opening up to more people, how accepting they were and how, um, it actually helped me to overcome like my issues, um, with dealing with it. And so, um, I, I felt like, it was so important to share my story and to um, just like bring awareness to the the disease because I think that there's so much that still needs to be done and so many misconceptions and and I feel like um, being getting to know other people with MS and um, being a part of that community now has really made me feel um, more at peace with my diagnosis. So mm-hmm. I think for me that was just a really like monumental time in my life and um, mm-hmm. has been but only good to me since I've opened up to um, people about it. Sharing. Sure. Um, You said you considered your diagnosis a blessing in disguise. Is that why? Because you're able to kind of share and help others? Yeah, I think so. And I also feel like it um, it has made me less less selfish and it definitely has opened my eyes up to being more, um, I'm extremely passionate person now. And I, and I feel like it's my job to give back to others. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that it's taught me so much and I've been through so much with it that, um, I'm able to share something unique with other people. And I've also been able to, um, kind of like shape who I am, Mm -hmm. um, based on my experiences. And, Mm -hmm. And I've decided that, you know, like it, it's not a good thing to be diagnosed with MS and it's, um, you know, like you have terrible days and I think that, 
um, going through all of that has made me appreciate life more, I guess. Mm -hmm. Maybe more in the moment. Right, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Um, So let's get back to this. You met someone at college that eventually, last year, as a matter of fact, became your husband, right? Yes, yes. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, What was dating like with MS? I, you know, was diagnosed into my 40s. So I was already married with kids. So it was a completely different experience. And I've often thought, oh my gosh, dating was tough enough. I can't even imagine (laughs) having to think about whether to tell somebody, how to tell all that. So what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely interesting. So when I was diagnosed with MS, I had. I had been dating somebody for a while um, that ended shortly after my diagnosis with MS. But, you know, I didn't really date anyone seriously until I met my husband. And um, so I, that wasn't something I opened up to anyone about mm-hmm. until obviously I met him. And I was so terrified. I actually thought oh, I about bet. it for weeks telling him. I and, bet. and then I finally like came to the realization that he's either going to accept it or he's not. And either way, like it's good for me. Like if you know, and, yeah. I, and I knew he was a good person and I knew, I deep down knew inside that he would have, you know, a mm-hmm. perfectly fine reaction to it. But I think his reaction just like solidified already how I felt about him. I mean, he mm-hmm. was so supportive and, um, I was just blown away by like how, um, how he just accepted it and like really tried to become educated. Oh, that's and great. yeah, so I, so I think that that's like at the point when I realized like this is this is the this one. This is the one. Know? Sure. So it was like a character test. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was like a test. <laughs> yeah. And he passed. That's great. Exactly. <laughs> so once you sort of came out to him and whatnot and he accepted it and did so well with it, I imagine you had to have a lot of conversations though about the potentials with this disease, right? before you got married and yeah definitely you know it was um it was I I think too when I met him I was sort of in that phase of like I kind of like didn't share it with a lot of people so Mm -hmm. I myself don't think I really understood like I I definitely understood you know what could happen in the future but yeah we had a lot of conversations about that and um you know he was totally he was completely supportive and whatever happens, like we're going to figure it out and we're going to get through it. And, um, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's what spouses should be like. I know, right? <laughs> yes. But it's unfortunate that I hear almost on a daily basis from someone that their spouse is not handling it well. And it just breaks my heart for people really. Cause my husband's like yours. I mean, he doesn't just didn't even flinch, just didn't even flinch. It was great, but Oh gosh, too often we hear about and it is overwhelming. I mean, let's be honest. That's it's overwhelming for us. I can only imagine for someone else who, you know, they have a choice. We don't. But right. no, it's, I don't know what it's like to be on that side of uh, it. But I can imagine it's it's difficult. You yeah, know? like it's difficult for us. But I, I think right. it's just as hard for them. Yeah, I agree. So now you're back in school getting your CNP, which is Certified Nonprofit Professional Certification, right? Yes. And you're going to graduate this winter. Yes, I am. Congratulations. What do you plan on doing with that certification? So um, I have a nursing background, and um, I I found this program, and it just really sort of sparked my interest. I kind of did some soul searching and, and thought, what is it that I want to do with, you know, like my life? Am I on the right track? Is this what I want to be doing? And um, I, I really want, I think with my experience, having MS, I wanted to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was something that I, I, I felt like nonprofit was definitely something I was interested in. And, um, you know, I just like, I, someday I want to look back and be able to say like, I made a difference, whether that's 
in the MS community Mm -hmm. or um, working with individuals with disabilities in general. Um, I just, it's, it just really like um, spoke to me and, Mm -hmm. and it's definitely being in the program has made me extremely happy. And I definitely know that I'm on the right path. So that's great. That's great. And finding, um, you know, your passion in life, I think it's um, sort of, an extra type of medication. It's a really good one. I found (laughs) it's much better than any drugs I've ever taken MS or otherwise. Let me add, um, you know, just, just pointing your life in a direction that makes you happy and, and having something to get up for and work on. And, and I've found with most people, if it's doing good somehow for others, it, it, uh, it maintains a different level of passion. And I think it is something you can look back on and be proud of. And, and uh, you know, the world's a better place because you were in it. And that's so important. So kudos to you. Thank and you. And I'm glad that, uh, that, that you're doing all that. We need more people like you in this world. Uh, you and your family have been top fundraisers in San Antonio for several years now. And you've raised over $200,000 for the National MS Society. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Holy cow. That's fantastic. How do you raise that kind of money? Yeah. So uh, shortly after I was diagnosed, um, I mean, within months, my parents um, found the the chapter that's in San Antonio and they do a MS walk every year. And so their goal the first year was let's get everybody together, like show your, let's show some support for Aaron and, and raise some money. And um, I don't think they really knew like how much it would explode and like, um, transform into this group that we have now of amazing people who give their time and, and their money. And, um, you know, my parents throughout the year do a lot of different, um, events to raise money. So they do like an auction last year, they did an auction, um, and they had like a little kind of like celebration where people came friends and family and, and other people too, in the community, um, you know, to raise money for this. And they also, you know, reach out to their friends every year and Mm -hmm. um, share our page on the MS Society's website. But yeah, it's just having like a really great network and support system that um, believes in in the mission that you do. And um, yeah, they've just, every year they've raised more than the year before. And it's hard to believe that we're here eight years later, I guess. Yeah. Holy (laughs) cow. That is a lot of money. (laughs) That's fantastic. What made you choose the National MS Society as the recipient of your funds? And did you look at any other charities? I think it was just because um, that was that was the chapter that was in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I think my parents and I liked the idea that they kind of had a walk MS where we could meet other people mm-hmm. and other family members dealing with this. And, um, you know, like we've been really impressed with them and we've had a good relationship with them mm-hmm. over the past seven years. So That's great. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's easy. I, yeah, I only ask because I do get questions now and again. Um, for instance, I just heard from somebody last week, you know, I'm interested. I was just diagnosed and I'm interested in helping raise money and I'm looking at starting a charity. And my, <laughs> my take on that, for better or for worse, was that's fantastic. Love your passion and energy. But from my perspective, having been in this for a while... I suggest you find, there's so many very good charities with everything already set up because I've been down this nonprofit road before and it's, it's (laughs) extensive to set one up. Um, and so I always suggest, you know, find something that speaks to you. And there are a lot of charities, um, in the MS realm that 
raise money for programs or for medication or for uh, equipment or, you know, uh, medical bill payoffs or all kinds of things and research. So I'll say find something that speaks to you, raise the money um, that you can and, and give it to them. But I understand that the National MS Society has... <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's um, it's an easy thing to step into because they have so many wonderful programs all over the world, really. Right. And they have these walks and they have these things that are already set up, so it's easy. Right, Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's great. Anyway, $200,000, congratulations to you and yours. That's really fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Credit to my parents. They're, they're the ones that, you know, work tirelessly throughout the year to do that and, um, you know, to send a message that, you know, there's other people out there that, um, you know, are trying to find a cure. So, right. Well, that is really fantastic. And, um, kudos to your parents. Um, so if others are interested in learning more about what y'all are doing, or maybe even, I don't know, donating, or, uh, maybe they're right there in San Antonio and want to join your team, how can they get in touch with you? Definitely, yeah. So through the MS, the National MS Society, um, our team is called Aaron's Entourage. Cute. Um, yeah. So we, yeah, every year we have you know our little profile on their website, uh-huh. um, open to anybody coming to the MS Walk, which is usually held in March okay. or yeah, March, the beginning of March. So um, yeah, anyone that's um, you know in the San Antonio area, okay. we'd love to have there and. Um, yeah. So okay, super. Um, well, listen. Thanks so much for reaching out to me, Erin. It's been great getting to know you and learn more about how you're saying "fums" every day. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So I'm asking every MSer that comes on the show to recommend a piece of equipment or software that's been helpful to them in their life with MS. Do you have any kind of recommendation to give? Do you use something on a ba- regular basis that's been helpful? Um, I think. Um, you know, not. I don't know if everybody could relate to this, but doing an injection um, frequently, multiple times a week. I've had different, um, you know, like uh, dry erase board to remind myself of like what day I did it. Sure, um, where you put it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, and like kind of the side effects you have from it because it's when you do it so frequently, you forget like what happened, and then it's good to keep track of those things. And then you know, yes. just keeping like a journal of your symptoms. Yeah, I also think is really important. Um, so when you go to the doctor, you're, you know, you can recount like what has been going on the last six months and right. Yep. Um, discuss that's, that's great advice. Do you just do it manually or do you use any kind of software, or, you know, any note, uh, note on your phone or anything like that or just manually? Yeah, manually. I, okay. I think the, uh, company that does the, that makes the drug that I use sends different things and those are like the things I use like a little dry erase board or they actually send like actual physical journals if you want Mm -hmm. one but um yeah so I think those are always good to take advantage of yeah good advice all right Erin well thanks so much and one last thing here in the FUMS nation we speak to the stupid diseases it deserves to be spoken to (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Please join me in saluting MS as it deserves with middle finger extended on three. Ready? One, Ready. two, three. F-U-M-S. Perfect. Thanks, Erin. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you found value in this podcast, I invite you to go into iTunes, search for FUMS now, and leave me a five-star review. Not only does that motivate me to create more free content, 
It also helps others just like you to find this valuable resource. Be sure to sign up for our free newsletter for more tips and tricks for living your best life with MS at FUMSnow.com. And if you have suggestions of future topics or guests for the show, please email me directly at Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, at FUMSnow.com. I appreciate you spending this time with me. Until next time, remember to speak to this stupid disease like it deserves. Tell it F-U-M-S every day. Thank you.